Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, as Batman follows Butcher Stark to a secret destination and finds himself in danger of discovery... Superman, unable to find him, races to the headquarters of the state police for assistance. You've got to help me, Captain Dawson. I know Batman is in danger, but I don't know where he is. And I've got to find him before he tangles with Butcher Stark. I'll do whatever you think is best, Superman. Just tell me what. Block off the entire area for at least 50 miles. Make sure that not so much as a worm can get through. I'll take care of the rest. Consider it done, Superman. But if you ask me, I'm afraid we're too late. If Batman has met with Butcher Stark... He must be dead by now. Boys and girls, is there a witch living in your neighborhood? Does she make the milk in your icebox turn sour? Does she transform the kids on your block into toads and tree stumps? Of course, I'm only joking. Because outside of fairy tales, everybody knows that witches don't exist. But hundreds of years ago, most people really believed in witches. Along with spooks and hobgoblins. No kidding. Why, back in what we call the Middle Ages... Folks used to sit around at night actually half scared to death of what they might see coming out of the dark. And when the crops failed or the milk turned sour, they always blamed it on witchcraft. You see, they didn't know any better, principally because there were almost no schools in those days and no books to tell them the truth. And anyhow, most of them couldn't read even if they had books. So it's understandable, considering the dark, ignorant times, people could be so superstitious then. But today, there's no excuse for believing in witches or witchcraft. Yet there are certain folks on the dim-witted side who still fall for equally cockeyed notions. Why, just imagine, with books, newspapers, schools, the radio, and so on, all working overtime to teach us the true facts, there are people who swallow the doggondest baloney, such as, for instance, the superstition about a master race, or that one man's religion makes him better than another man. Doesn't that seem stupid? Of course it is. For modern science tells us there isn't a grain of evidence to support any such nonsense. So you can tell any dope who believes such rot that he might just as well believe that the next old lady that he meets can turn him into a tree stump. And now, the adventures of Superman! Forced to abandon his pursuit of Butcher Stark and the Scarlet Widow in order to save the lives of the two pilots in the fur-laden plane Stark wrecked with the deadly sonic power of his voice, Superman left his friend, Batman, on the scene to watch for the killer's possible reappearance. Then he sped to the nearest city with the plane and its unconscious crew. But when he returned, Batman was gone. As the Man of Steel continued his frantic search for his friend, Batman was hiding in the rear of a large truck driven by Butcher Stark himself as it roared through the night to a secret destination. Planning to knock out the escaped convict with a heavy jack handle he had found in the truck, Batman is suddenly thrown off balance when they hit a bump in the road. The handle drops to the floor, and Stark's reaction is immediate. 
stopping the truck, he leaps out of the cab and runs around to the rear loading doors. Who's in there? Who's in there? His heart hammering, Batman crouches in the darkness near the doors, realizing he has only one chance of survival. Oh, I've got to move fast. When he opens those doors, I've got to jump him and knock him out before he can blast me with his voice. If I miss, it's curtains. For a moment, there is silence, and Batman scarcely breathes as he waits for Stark's next move. Then a sudden sharp pain knifes through his head as the killer roars his anger. Whoever you are, come out of there! Oh, come oh. out of there or I'll come in and get you! Then, suddenly, over the deadly piercing tone of Stark's voice, Batman is conscious of another sound, an approaching car. And Stark is silent again. Have any trouble there, mister? Uh, no, no trouble. Uh, are you sure? There ain't no trouble, I tell you. All right. Uh, do you mind pulling over a little so I can get past you? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. With a sigh of relief, Batman inches closer to the loading door and grasps the jack handle as Stark clambers behind the wheel and starts the truck. Batman waits while Stark pulls up a few yards, waits until the car behind turns wide and passes into the night. Then, with the speed and agility of an acrobat, he ducks out and scrambles to the top of the truck. Flying flat, he holds his breath again as Stark comes to a quick stop and runs back to the loading doors. Flashing a light into the truck, the killer finds it empty. And confident now that the noise he'd heard was caused by something loose, he trudges back to resume his trip as Batman secures a firm handhold on the roof of the truck, prepared to stay on the trail no matter what the cost. <laughs> Meanwhile, at State Police Headquarters in Lincoln, the capital city of Nebraska, Superman, frantic with worry, asks for help. I've looked and looked, Captain. I've been over that whole area a dozen times, but I haven't found him. I need your help. Of course, Superman. We'll do what we can. But frankly, if you've searched that area already, I don't know how we can be any more successful. Well, if you can block off the whole region, throw a dragnet around an area of, say, 50 miles, I think we'll have him. I see. Look, have you, uh, you thought of the possibility that Batman may be dead? Yes. Yes, but if he were, I'd have found him. There'd be no reason for Stark to take his body with him. Batman is either a prisoner, Captain, or he's following Stark and simply can't get in touch with me. Very well. I'll block off that entire area and alert my road patrol. Thank you very much, Captain. I appreciate it more than I can say. You, of course, can go out with any one of the squad. Well, thanks, but I can do more if I operate from the air. I'll keep in touch with you through your men. Anything you say. Talk to you later, Captain. So long. Good luck to you, Superman. Thanks. Up! Up! And away! <laughs> Captain Dawson speaking. Captain, this is Miller at the switchboard. Yeah? The telephone company operator has just passed a funny call to me. I don't exactly know how to handle it. All right, I'll take it. Right, sir. Go ahead, sir. Hello, this is Captain Dawson of the state police. Can I help you? Listen, Captain, this is Batman. Batman? You've got to find Superman for me. Give him a message. Great Scott, he was here just a minute ago. He's looking for you. Get a hold of him. Tell him I followed Butcher Stark to a small farmhouse where he's meeting the Scarlet Widow. Where is the farmhouse? I don't know. Somewhere east of the place where Superman left me. Traveled about an hour by truck, driving fairly fast. All right, we'll figure it out. Where can we meet you? Near the farm? Near it. Captain, I'm in it. Stark and Scarlet Widow are in the next room. Holy smokes! So don't waste any time. Contact Superman at once. Goodbye. You fool! You miserable, stupid fool! Now, wait a minute, Widow. You can't talk to me like that. What happened to those furs? I told you, I don't know. That's no answer. All I found was the truck. No furs... 
No plane. Nobody around. Look here, you aren't by any chance trying to double-cross me, are you? Yeah. You didn't perhaps make a deal with the men. If I had, would I have come here to meet you? Would I have brought the truck back? Well, look, him the only one answer, then. Yeah, like what? The doctor was right. The power of your voice is failing. What? Failing? My voice? You didn't know I had you tested, did you, Butcher? Tested? How? When? That man I had you meet before we took off last night, the one who listened to you so carefully, he was a friend of mine. A doctor without a license to practice. And he said I'm through? Not quite, but your power is waning. That's a lie. It must be true or this wouldn't have happened. Your voice obviously had no effect on the plane. It never did crash. And now you're trying to cover up. So what is this? The kiss-off? You might call it that, Butcher. I've been very displeased with your attitude lately. You've become more and more uncooperative. So that's it, huh? You pull a couple of jobs and you figure you're back on your feet now so you don't need me no more, huh? Your vocal power was your only asset, Butcher, and now that it's gone... Gone, huh? Well, I got news for you, lady. Stay where you are, Butcher! Put down that pop gun, you ain't gonna use it! Butcher! Does this sound like I'm through, widow? Butcher, stop! Please, stop! Made a mistake, didn't you? Please, I can't stand it! Too bad! Because you're gonna get a lot more! On his heel, Butcher Stark rushes out of the park, but his voice still echoes throughout the building. Echoes in the next room, where unseen, Batman lies sprawled on the floor, also a victim of Stark's deadly power. And in the living room at the Scarlet Widow's feet, a large kerosene lamp lies shattered, the flame beginning to eat its way across the rug. In just a moment, gang, we'll bring you the gripping climax of today's episode, so keep listening. Remember the fable about the Shepherd Boy Gang? It's one of the famous Aesop's fables. And probably most of you have read about the Shepherd Boy who used to shout, Wolf! Wolf! To tease the people in his village who would naturally come chasing to the pasture to save their sheep. And then the boy would hoot at them, Go home, you dopes! I was only kidding. Well, he pulled this gag a couple of times too many. For one fine day, the big bad wolf really did come. And this time, when the boy shouted, Help! Wolf! The villagers said, Let's not be suckers again. So Mr. Wolf had a scrumptious meal consisting of Joe, the shepherd boy. Well, the moral of this yarn, Aesop tells us, is that sooner or later, a liar is going to get it in the net. And how true it is. You know, even today, there's a certain kind of liar who always tries to play the rest of the crowd for suckers. Often like Joe, the shepherd. Their best way of attracting attention is to raise a phony cry of alarm. For instance, in Germany, that's how Hitler and his gang got control. The Nazis had a special wolf cry. It consisted of slanders and falsehood against the Catholics and the Jews and various minority groups. Well, as we know, the German people fell for Adolf's ratting, hook, line, and sinker, and you know what happened. Adolf and his gang got it in the neck, but good. But then, so did the German people for wising up not soon enough. We should be a lot wiser in this country. Alarmist slogans intended to injure innocent people or groups have a phony ring that can easily be detected. Yes, we should be able to spot the phony hate mongers a mile off. They're the real danger, so keep your ears open. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Racing through the night sky, Superman searches for his friend Batman. 
while the Nebraska State Police, in turn, searched for him with the news that Batman had traced Butcher Stark to a rendezvous with the Scarlet Widow. Finally, when the Man of Steel sees a patrol car and swoops down to confer with the troopers, he receives the news from Captain Dawson in person. You know where the farm is, Captain? Yes, we figured it out. It's the old Handley place about ten miles down this road. Right. You and your men sit tight. I'll get you and your car there in a hurry. What's that? I said just sit tight. Up! Up! And away! Here we are. Good heavens, the house is on fire. Yes, you sure this is the place? Positive, but... Great Scott, where's Batman? You said he was here. He is. Where? Inside the house. I'm afraid he's done for. Stunned by the captain's announcement, Superman stands transfixed, staring at the blazing structure. Now, before he can move, the flaming roof begins to sag. The walls billow outward. The entire building is on the verge of collapse. Anyone inside is doomed. Gang, there's plenty of action in tomorrow's suspense-packed episode. So don't fail to listen. Be sure to tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 17 of The Voice of Doom on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Adventure Parade, which follows in just a moment. And right after Adventure Parade, you will hear Tom Mix and his straight shooters. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Well... There's a lesson in there if you want to double-cross your now-powerless ally. You should kind of make sure he's actually lost his powers. Um, This, I think, will probably make Stark easier to defeat, uh, as he's just got his own brain, and it's kind of out of his depth on this, as opposed to with the help of the Scarlet Widow. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us back here on Sunday for Part 17. If you do have a comment, send it to me, adam at adamsweb.us. Be sure and rate the show on iTunes, and I encourage you to pick up your copy of Powerhouse's Heroic Adventures Bundle. Uh, in the meantime, from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.